0: far and has gone to win the game. The Mets are on their way back. World champions for the 27th time. Home plate for all things Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds podcast on WFUV Sports. Hello, 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 one and all, and welcome into Nosebleeds. This is WFUV's one and only baseball podcast, at least as far as I know, and you know, and we know, and we all know. Welcome into this episode, everybody. This is the lovely edition we have on tap for you. it has been a wonderful week of baseball. My name is Dylan Balsamo, here to break it all down for you, along with my good friend and fellow Mets beat reporter, Mr. Sam Davis. How are you, Sam?
1: Dylan, it is great to be with you today. I'm looking forward to talking to baseball. It's beautiful out today, where we're recording here in New York. It's uh, some beautiful weather, a perfect opportunity to talk some New York baseball, I would say.
0: I would have to agree with you. It is gorgeous. I'm actually here at uh, in my hometown of Oakland, New Jersey, which is not far from New York at all. So, but it's beautiful here as well. It's it's, yes. it's very nice out. I, ch- I chose the wrong day to wear long sleeves, but that's not important.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a that's a bad choice, but it, yeah we want to talk about that
0: speaking of bad choices uh let's start <laughs> let's start with the yankees um you know they've won after their win on saturday they clinched winning the series in baltimore over the weekend over the orioles they've won six of their last seven series you know most uh, most people's um speculation and more accurately hesitation of the yankees near the beginning of the season is starting to fade it seems to me sam
1: yeah, I would say so for sure. I mean, they've won, I think, three, three of their last series, um, which is big. I mean, Baltimore is not a very good team, just just you know, to be quite frank. But still, any, a series win is a series win for these Yankees. And I think this kind of part of their schedule here, I mean, they've had, I think, uh, the Washington Nationals and the, and the Tampa Bay Rays, those are two big series wins, I would say. Baltimore now another. And then they play four against the Texas Rangers coming up this week a good chance for this Yankees team to kind of get on a roll, put the put the pass behind them of, you know, the negativity that surrounded this team in the first month or so that I think was a little premature because this is a very good Yankees team. And I think they're finally really showing how good they are. Uh, Aaron Judge, I think is a huge positive for this team. I mean, he's hit four homers in the, in the series uh, against Baltimore. He's really starting to hit very well, 517, I think in his last seven games is the average there. So he has really started to pick things up for this, this lineup, which I think is huge. The pitching has held its own. The bullpen has been great. Um, for me, there's, there's a decent amount of optimism with this Yankees team, but I think this, this week, especially, um, and the week of the past year for this Yankees team is a great opportunity for them to get on a little bit of a roll, put the, put the doubters kind of behind them of the early season struggles, which at, at sometimes was their own fans themselves, you know, throwing balls on the field, getting upset with this team losing games in April, which I found a little stupid, to be honest, because this team is very good. Um, It was only a matter of time before they started to kind of find themselves. There are still some concerns going forward, of course, as there are with any team. But it's early. The Yankees are starting to play better baseball. You knew this team was going to win a lot of games. And it seems like they're finally showing that they can and that they are.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, you look at there was a lot of concern from many people, myself included in, in April. It was just, I think a lot of us hit the panic button because this is a year and I've mentioned this on the last, maybe 10,000 episodes of this podcast, <laughs> um, that this is, this is really a year where it's, it's incredibly dire for the Yankees to win. If they want to prove that this, these last, you know, five or six years of the baby bombers as we've been calling them, uh, have not been, uh, are not going to be pushed to the wayside and mean nothing. Because, uh, quite frankly, all that they've gotten out of it so far is a couple appearances in the ALCS. And that's mm-hmm. really all it's been, specifically in the Aaron Boone era, we'll say. Um, but, you know, you, you look at this team and, you know, like you mentioned, the problem was never the starting pitching. In fact, Garrett Cole has doubled down in the last couple weeks, you know, challenging Jacob DeGrom for when he's healthy, the, the best pitcher in, in, in the baseball let alone the new york area yes now, the, the bullpen has not been too much of a problem they've had their woes but you know overall they've been rather steady the problem mm-hmm. has been hitting and that's mm-hmm. certainly what none of us expected this problem to be exactly especially in a particularly weak american league um so you know especially uh judge heating things up i think is really the the important factor here because he is su- he's such catalyst for this team and he, he does take on an almost G-tarian a presence on the team and it was a little troubling to see the only guy hitting over 300 was the one guy no one expected to in Giancarlo Stanton before you know maybe a week and a half ago mm-hmm. so that was a little concerning but you know this Yankees team does seem to be good and you know if you ask me Sam and perhaps you'll agree with me on this that Houston series in the Bronx it's something we all knew was going to be intense and fiery and it was as good of television as could ever possibly have been advertised I think that's really what might have um, put the spark in in the Yankee team that we're currently seeing.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally agree, Uh, especially even from like a fan perspective, just just something to look forward to for these Yankees fans to go out to Yankee Stadium and just boo every single player, whether they were involved in the in the cheating or not. I think that was just a sense of kind of bringing this team together for a cause to start winning some ball games. I, I totally agree. It started with that series. And you brought up an interesting point, too, how you're right. The lineup wasn't really something that we thought would be a concern with this Yankees team. You know, we thought they're always going to hit. It was the starting pitching, I think, going into the year, at least, that was like, this is the big question mark that that's kind of why I wasn't necessarily hugely concerned with this Yankees team because their lineup just wasn't producing to the level that we expected. And, and to be honest, the level that they should produce, I mean, they're starting to kind of turn things around and produce a little bit better. Being in Camden yards helps. I mean, that, that stadium is just like a hitter friendly ballpark for sure. Um, but this lineup, I think turning things around is huge. That's going to help it. The starting rotation was initially the big concern they've looked Okay. Um, I mean, Severino being back in, in I think, uh, June, maybe July, you know, midseason, that's a big addition. If he can come back and be healthy. Um, Kluber's looked decent at times. I mean, Cole's been Garrett Cole. Um, they can kind of strength if they can kind of string things together out there. I'm not really worried about this lineup. Um, I, you brought up you brought up Stanton, too. Um, he's been out the lot. He was out that, that Baltimore series with, I believe, uh, I think it was, I forget exactly what his injury was, but it was, it was something very minor. It was considered day to day, but if I'm a Yankees fan and I guess the organization as a whole, I'm still a little worried just because of how much time he spent on the IL. And if, if he happens to go back to the IL, that's, that's sort of an issue for Stan, who's started to hit really well. He's been one of the best, like you said, Dylan, at uh, a couple of weeks ago, he was the best hitter in this lineup and now it's kind of Aaron judge and he's kind of found his stride, but Stanton was that guy for a while in this lineup. And it was so optimistic about Stan because he was staying healthy. He was hitting well. They were talking about putting him in in the outfield to play every single day. And then all of a sudden he's down. He's, he's, uh, he's taking a couple of games off again, which like I said, it, it seems to be day to day. It seems to be minor, but if that thing, if that does get worse, for Stanton, I think that's not a worse nightmare, but certainly an issue for this Yankees team that I think needs all the help they can get in the lineup right now to continue to produce and kind of get back on track.
0: Absolutely. It's, it's something that's that's come to define uh, his, his career, Giancarlo Stanton, unfortunately, mm-hmm. the amount of time he spent on the IL, not just with the Yankees, but even more so really in his time at the Marlins from like 2012 on. Um, and it's not often that a player who went through a significant change of his first name in his career will be defined by anything other than that. <laughs> um, looking at you, B.J. Upton. But <laughs> I, uh, it's it, it's something that, unfortunately, whenever Stanton's career is done, we're going to have to discuss of like how does this affect his 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 place in the pantheon of great home run hitters we've seen in, in Major League Baseball? Because you know, a healthy Stanton is as dangerous of a hitter as. I'd like to think I've ever seen in my life.
1: That's what the that's what the Yankees are paying for, and they absolutely
0: just... yeah. And so, you know, you talk a lot about Camden Yards, and uh, I believe in the last twenty three games the Yankees have played at Camden Yards, they've hit, I think almost seventy home runs was the number after yesterday's tally, which is insane. I think it was like, yeah. I think it was sixty five or something like that uh, some crazy number. Yeah. Um, and, of, and of course judge being a part of that as well, as he continues to, uh, to escalate his season, but you know, it, it it's the kind of thing that it, the Yankees are used to when they go to Baltimore, which makes the way Sunday's game ended that much more concerning. Um, I don't know when it is you at home will be listening to this, but you know, we're recording this on Monday afternoon in the wake of uh, a huge loss for the Yankees being up 5-0 in the middle of that game and ended up losing that game 8-5 to to a Baltimore team that is just not as good as the Yankees are or not supposed to be. So let me ask you, Sam, because I'm not really sure how I feel about it yet. Is this a kind of game where you get concerned about the Yankees? Because, you know, like we talked about, I would argue even the starting pitching to this point has overperformed in the season. It's much more than I expected. Yeah. I thought they were going to need at least two more arms. Um, So is this – is this a game that concerns you, or is this just some kind of fluke? Uh,
1: it doesn't concern me too much. Um, I, I know it's, it's weird, but I believe Montgomery started that game, um, and, and he was uh, a, the, the culprit of a decent amount of runs giving up um, for that team. And, and I don't worry too much about him in that rotation. He seems pretty consistent, obviously. So that's why I lean towards it being more of a fluke on Sunday, especially because they're able to handle the, the Orioles pretty easily um, Friday and Saturday. Um, and and the offense going out and putting them five runs early is, is definitely a positive sign as well. I, I, I don't, I don't worry too much about Montgomery. I think he's pretty solid. When I think about the rotation, it was, you know, going into the year and I think it's still the case. It was, you know, I knew Cole was going to be Cole. I knew Montgomery was going to be more of like a four. He would be a solid, you know, three or four in, in the rotation. And then you fill in guys from there, whether it be Kluber, Tyone struggled, Um, Severino coming back two of those three guys, Kluber's looked pretty good. So he fills one of those spots. Maybe Severino fills the other. Um, And then that leaves Montgomery as more of a number four option um, there. So for that, I'm not too worried um, about what happened on Sunday. It seems more of a fluke. Like you said, the Yankees have played tremendous baseball uh, at Camden yards. Um, They've just pretty much dominated the Orioles like they should the Orioles um, bottom of the A at least, um, so, no, I'm not too worried about that. But if I were the Yankees, um, another, uh, something I find really interesting is that a lot of people were saying the American League and the AL East, um, but I guess more the American League in general, was very down going into this year. And, and I was one of those people. I think everyone, almost everyone said that. Yeah. Um, but the AL East has looked pretty good. I, I mean, you got the Red Sox had the best record in baseball. Um, that's obviously a big, big time surprise. I don't expect them to really, really keep that up. Um, but they, they seem like they're going to be a team maybe competing for a playoff spot. Um, and then you have the Blue Jays, which I think are, are a pretty good team and will be competing for a wild card as well. And then you have the Rays, who seem to always hang around. They seem to um, play very well against the Yankees. Obviously, the Yankees took two out of three. That was a big series for them. Um, but those, those three teams, in addition to the Yankees, I don't expect the Yankees to lose this division at all. I I still will say that. But I don't think it's going to be as easy as people initially thought. I think teams like the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, even the Rays, are going to give this Yankees team a little bit of trouble. It's going to be a little bit of a battle over the summer for the Yankees to end up winning this this division. I don't think it's going to be a problem. But outside of the Orioles, who that's why I think this is a fluke. They're not a great team. But outside of them, this division is pretty good. And I think the Yankees are going to have a little bit trouble and uh, winning this thing. I don't think they – I think they totally will, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as people thought.
0: Uh, much better than any of us expected, this American yeah. division is. And, you know, I would actually say most of the American League is performing better than would be expected of them, with the mm-hmm. exception of the Angels. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, yeah. but, but, you know, you, you look at this division, and the only reason this game that the Yankees – lost on sunday not that it's incredibly concerning but it is a little concerning to me because you know for a team that as as much as people over panicked they really struggled in april and and that's going to affect their final record down the stretch yeah so these games against division opponents especially your weakest division opponent these are games you have to win and they're the they're I, i i like to say the Yankees always beat the Orioles, except when they need to beat the Orioles. This constantly <laughs> happens to them. It has for like a decade now. So it's, it's just something I, I've noticed, but, you know, uh, I agree with you with like, you know, the Red Sox are uh, offensively as good as uh, any team in baseball, let alone, uh, let alone their overall team. Uh, it's unfortunately just not sustainable for them. I don't think, but you know, t- Toronto has a lot of power. I, I like them. And so do the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, And of course the Yankees took two or three from the Rays during the week. But speaking of the Rays, we're going to shift things over to the Mets here now because the the Mets came into their series with the Rays this weekend, winners of their last six straight. And then they find themselves being swept by Tampa Bay at the start of this road trip. Next, they'll go to Atlanta, which starts tonight. And then they will go back into Florida for Miami and that road trip, go back to city field for another homestand. But let me ask you, you know, while we talk about concerning type things, this, this sweep was not a, a good look for the Mets. It was not what anyone expected from them, especially as they continue to become a better team themselves. Uh, of course, they've sustained quite a bit of injury, and we'll talk about that in a second. But it, does, does this series concern you,
1: do you think? I, a little. Uh, I got to say a little, I mean, you you can't, you can't not be concerned at all with with a series sweep, especially the way it happened. We're going to get into the injuries. That's the biggest negative takeaway, obviously, I think for all Mets fans right now. Um, But yeah, I mean, I would say a little, I think um, there were some bright spots. Peterson was great. Um, I think on Friday uh, that was, that was huge because he's been pretty inconsistent. He's had great starts and then he's had not so good starts at all. If he can be consistent um, for this rotation while DeGrom sits on the I.L., I think that's really important because he kind of moves up the spot to like that number three role, which I don't think he really fits in. But for a temporary fix, if he can continue to pitch like he did um, on Friday, then that that's uh, that's a huge plus uh, for this rotation because they need it. Um, But Stroman was disappointing. Um, The bullpen was very disappointing. Um, a bullpen that's been really good, uh, especially during their win streak. That it was a very good, good bullpen. Um, they had certainly a tough weekend. Um, and then, I mean, just the uh, the elephant in the room, the, the, the injuries. That, that's, that's the biggest takeaway for me from this series. Um, and that's just uh, Conforto going down, I think, is big. He seemed to um, – the numbers don't really show it, but he seemed to be seeing the ball better at the plate. He seemed to be a little bit more locked in. I mean, me and you, Dylan, we have pretty much a front row seat uh, to to this team. So at least from what I've been seeing with Conforto, he looked a lot better um, than he was early in the year. That slump was pretty bad, Um, but he's looked better. He was turning things around and then boom, this injury comes. A hamstring is always tough. That's really tough. McNeil is another tough one because it was initially called a cramp um, when when he left the game on the last homestand. And then now it's being labeled as a hamstring, um, which is another concern, just like Conforto. So not sure what's going to happen there as we're recording this. We don't know. Um, you know, I'm sure news will come out in the near future regarding him. Um, but that's another concern as well. He's an important piece for this offense. Um, and then that just adds to the already huge list of injuries. I mean, Nimmo isn't going to come back. I guess he was pulled from, from a rehab start. Um, to receive more treatment. So when him coming back, we're not sure on a date for that yet. I feel like if Nimmo came back and we lost Conforto, it would have been like, okay, maybe that's not, not the best, but at least better. But Nimo's also going to be gone uh, for, for an, uh, a longer period of time. And then you have, you know, uh, the usual suspects on the list. You, you got uh, Syndergaard, you have Carrasco, um, and then DeGrom. We hope that, I think everyone in, in baseball collectively hopes that DeGrom um can come back friday come back healthy but you don't want to rush him back i think that's a big thing you really don't want to rush him he is the best pitcher on the planet you mentioned garrett cole but i'm sorry it's jacob de grom um and it ain't even close to be honest but you can't you can't rush him back uh you you got to be careful with him um i don't worry too much about him but i think that conforto mcneil uh those are two huge huge losses uh from this weekend
0: yeah I would have to agree with you you know in terms of the, the grand scope of this series it will also concern me quite frankly because this was a team that that I think the Mets matched up with very well overall and it just didn't result in that this weekend and that can be a result of injuries and a whole bunch of different things I was mostly disappointed uh by the Sunday loss because you know while the Saturday loss might have been by a wider margin yeah where it actually wasn't that that much of a difference in, it in seemed
1: play. like it because of the it score it really though. felt
0: like it yeah yeah but i would say that sunday game was really the the only game in the series where the mets didn't have the advantage at all in the game they played nine bad innings on sunday as opposed to you know the, i would say they they played the better game for six innings on friday and maybe three or four on saturday yeah so you know that's incredibly concerning and of course the, the injuries are as well you know as much as as cool as it is to see Pat Mizeka hit his first big league home run as his first big league hit, that's fun to see, of course. But it's it's concerning that he has to step up yeah. uh, to the plate, uh, no pun intended. Yeah. Um. And I would agree that Conforto was definitely seeing the ball better. I would also say, you know, his defense has also been a bit of a liability in his time in the major leagues in his well, maybe six years as a big leaguer now at this point. Um. But he has improved as a right fielder tremendously in the last. Yes. I would argue like three or four weeks, um, you know, he, his arm is improved. His feelings improved because uh, that was a rough start to the season for him on both ends of the ball. Mm-hmm. So that's concerning. Um, and of course uh, not having Nimmo there and, and, and McNeil being in and out and, and DeGrom perhaps not, not best tended to when this first became a problem Yeah, of two weeks ago, that's also concerning. So that leads me to, my my bigger question here, because it also makes me think about, you know, Marcus Stroman had a pretty tough start on Sunday, and he was kept into that game for I believe five and five and change, maybe six innings, something like that. Yeah. I don't have the numbers yep. in front of me at the moment. Yep. Um. But you look at a decision like that, and you look at a a team like the Mets getting swept by a team like the Rays that they should have been beating. Yep. And you look at all these injuries, and you look at a guy like Degrom who. Was injured and who, who who seemed to be having some kind of irritation with his body, and then comes back and then has to go back to the IL. And the same goes for McNeil, and now Nimo having extended stay on the IL. It makes you question more than just the team, and perhaps more towards management. Yes. And now people have been at, I would argue unjustly for most for the most part. They've been at Luis Rojas's throat since the second he got the job. I think that mostly comes from a tensity that came from the very short stint Carlos Beltran spent as yes. the manager of the New York Mets mm-hmm. and, and and the odd situation that he he brought up. But in the last week or so, I have been personally, and perhaps you have as well, been reevaluating how I felt about Luis Rojas. And I'm not really sure their positive feelings at this point.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right. A lot of the root of um... I guess, just criticizing Rojas from the start came from how weirdly it was that he was placed into that managerial role after Beltran. Um, it seemed like he was like a short-term fix. It didn't really seem like from the jump that he was going to be the real manager of the future, at least from a fa- from the fans, I guess, in their perspective. I don't know how the organization feel- felt about hiring Rojas and about how they feel about their future, but I think that's where the root of kind of this criticism of Rojas started. And then, but from here, I mean, you, you talked about some of the decisions this past weekend. You, you can, you can scratch your head a little bit and be slightly confused with some of the decisions he's made. Um, for sure. I think, I, I think it's a little unfair to criticize him too much right now, just because of the injuries we talked about and how serious those are. He is playing, he is dealing with um, a team like, you know, half the team is on the IL. It seems like right now um, a lot of starters are gone. So for me, it's a little, I don't, I don't know, I guess a little unfair, at least for me to, to criticize him too much just because of what he's playing with, you know, the, the guys he has to put on the field. Um, but that doesn't, excuse some of the decisions that doesn't excuse some of the managerial moves he's made in the games, which have been questionable for sure. So, so there's two sides to it. I think, I, I think you have to um, be a little bit patient with him and you have to be a little bit patient with this team who is in first place still uh, despite getting swept, despite having tons of guys injured. Um, and and that's on quite honestly a miracle at, at this point, um, because we've talked about, you know, however long we've been talking about the Mets today uh, it's almost all been negative right now because of this past weekend and quite honestly, rightfully so, but they still sit in first place. So that I guess that's a positive. I guess that's a takeaway. It's early in the year. Um, They sit in first place in a kind of a a weird NL East right now that we thought would be a lot better than it's playing as right now. Um, So for me, I kind of balance being a, a little bit patient with Rojas and seeing what he does when he gets his full team back. Um, but also in the back of your mind, you do question some of the, some of the decisions he's made um, and, and you kind of file those away is what, is what I'm going to do at least going forward as we watch this team for the rest of the year um, and see if these moves continue to happen uh, and continue to cost this team games when they have all their starters back, when they have those guys back, when DeGrom's pitching again. Those moves then is where I think you can raise of a red flag and say this is a serious issue but for now i'm i'm trying to remain patient with rojas if that makes sense
0: i like the way you put that a lot sam filing it away because you know i i i very much agree with you that uh, a lot of this criticism of rojas is stemming from a a place that's not fair to him because this was a tough position um you know i try i was doing my best to be very positive when he was hired as the manager i i remember saying to myself it was like oh, he's, like, technically in Alou. I, I trust the Alou family. <laughs> um, so, you know, there, there's an attempt for positivity, but, you know, it's he also – not only – you know, every first-time manager has to learn on the job in some facet. We saw that mm-hmm. with Aaron Boone. I would argue we're still seeing that with Aaron Boone at yes. this point. Yes,
1: um, yes. Yeah. That's a whole another conversation there.
0: Exactly. Um, but, you know, you look at someone like Rojas, who had to do that during a 60-game 2020 season after a controversial way in which he got that job what a what a tough break that is um and and, you know you you try not to you try not to blame him for the fact of the people he has to play you you know i i love i love pat mazica but he's not a starter yet he's just not no um so you you try not to blame him for that but i i think he needs to be held accountable for a couple things one Mm -hmm. Uh, leaving Marcus Stroman in for as long as he did on Sunday when the bullpen has been, I would argue, quite good this season.
1: Yes. Awesome. One of the,
0: the high points this year, you know, the, the bullpen games that the Mets have uh, have played in a, a bullpen in quotes, uh, with start uh, starting with an opener and all these different types of things. Those are some of the best pitch games they've had all year with the exception of the Grom starts. Mm-hmm. So th- that's, that's concerning. So leaving Stroman in for as long as he did, but also you know, continuing to start McNeil when, when you knew he was having irritation. Um, not waiting long enough with Degrom. These are these are things that maybe aren't completely his fault, but he does unfortunately need to be held accountable for. Um, so that is something that concerns me. So you know, I'm I'm not saying I'm not saying the Mets should fire Luis Rojas right now, but you know, maybe you're right in saying maybe he's not the manager of the future. Uh, and I I think there are a lot of people who would agree with that. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if those people are the people currently running the New York Mets though. So we'll see what that is, but we talked a lot about injuries and I want to end the show talking about that because, um, you know, we talked about with the Yankees, we talked about someone like Stanton, we talked about with the Mets, you know, you see McNeil and and Nimmo and Conforto now and DeGrom and, and Syndergaard and Carrasco, of course, which are, which are kind of off topic to this. But, you know, you look at just the National League East. Uh, the Braves played this weekend without Acuna. Um, the Phillies started their game on Sunday without Didi Gregorius or Bryce Harper or JT Realmuto. You know, you look at the Dodgers. They've been sustaining injury problems this entire season. then Corey Siegel broke his hand this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very odd to watch this many injuries in – in a single season especially when we're only in the middle of May and to be quite frank Sam I don't think it's a coincidence.
1: Yeah I, it, it can't be at this point with the, with the number that there are and I, I was looking uh, before the show today just about on every team and they listed basically uh, who was on the IL or who was day-to-day or whatever for each team in Major League Baseball and the the list must have been like five pages on, on the internet because it just felt like it kept going. Every team had like a big chunk of guys that were hurt. And I knew injuries were a problem, but looking at this, I was just shocked because I was like, oh my goodness, he's out. He's out. He's out. You know, you mentioned all those guys, um, you know, Strasburg's another one with the nationals too, in the NL East as well. Um, that's the only other one I could think of, but there's so many guys, every team you could, you could point to a team and stay, and say, they're having some injury problems right now. That can't be a coincidence. It's weird that it's all happening at once. I don't know if I have an exact answer as to why Um, they played a 60 game season last year and now they're playing a one sixty-two. but they've only played like 40 something games so far. So that doesn't really make sense as an explanation. It's not really that cold. It's may now the weather's warming up. Um, At least for the most part around the country, that doesn't seem to be an explanation. I don't know. I just, I, it's, it's weird. It's, it's, it, it the only thing I can say is that it's very frustrating as a fan in general of the game um, and it's very upsetting because you want to see the best players out on the field you know for the Mets you want to see that team at, at at full strength because all the Mets fans are very excited for what this team can do and what the, what the potential is and we haven't really seen that at all this year and, and that's certainly frustrating I mean that, that's tough to watch um, and, and it goes around the league too the Dodgers are another team I mean they got off to an incredible start uh, early, very early in the year. And then the injuries hit and now they're, they're very much struggling. Um, And it's no team is immune. It seems like here to the injury bug, I I guess every, every team is getting it. Um, And, and to be honest, I really hate it because you need to, you want to see these teams competing at full strength. The only thing I can hope is that this is just an early season uh, kind of issue in major league baseball. And eventually things get better. We get into the dog days of summer, we get into early fall and every team, or at least most of the teams are at relative full strength playing better baseball. You know, no matter how you feel about the, about the Dodgers, I know lots of people don't like them because they win because they got Trevor Bauer. You, you can't say you don't want to see a team like that at full strength because you know, they deserve to have all their guys back just like every other team does um, just like the Mets do. Um, just like the Yankees do, you know, it goes down the list with, with just about it seems like every team. Um, so the bottom line for me as a general baseball fan, and I think I can speak for general fans of the game. You got it. You really want to see these guys healthy come the middle of the summer, come the fall and then certainly come the postseason. But right now, with all these injuries, who's to say these aren't going to continue? Who's to say these aren't this is just a fluke or, or a couple bad months? I don't know. I'm a little concerned with that for sure.
0: Absolutely. And I will say, not for nothing, it's um, it, it's only on this kind of Dodgers team that really needs the players that Albert Pujols will get to play
1: the rest of the season. <laughs> <after we laughs> yeah, that was uh, an interesting a, move. For a, sure. a fun
0: move, yeah. um, which I'm sure we will talk about on future episodes of this podcast. But yes. here, here's what it comes down to, because, you know, you, you bring up some interesting points that, you know, while this is only a six, while they're coming off a 60 game season, you know, we're only you know, maybe a third of the way through the year, it's May, it's warm out. So what is the problem here? I think what it comes down to is that, y- you know, y- you hear constantly how much baseball players are creatures of habit. They're overly superstitious, you know, Wade, Bog- Wade Boggs would eat chicken at the same time before every game. These are <laughs> baseball players do. They are creatures of habit. And I think the fact that, you know, even though they're, they're playing baseball at a time where we typically play baseball, this time last year, we were not playing baseball.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, not you and me. You, you and me weren't playing baseball. <laughs> <laughs> we could have been, but, I mean, nobody
1: would have been watching.
0: Major League players were not playing Major League Baseball at this time last year. And I think, unfortunately, that's going to have an effect on an entire league. Um, you know, the, and it, it comes to a much broader picture, not just in sports, but just the world is going to have a really tough time. In the post-COVID world that I think is a little farther of a ways away than you or I or anyone that we know would like to think, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is going to be an adjustment. You know you, look, you know, you look at other sports, you look at the NHL, you look at the NBA. This is a season where they got to play technically a full season. But the Stanley Cup and NBA Finals are all going to happen in July, meaning that's going to be a very quick turnaround if they want to start their seasons when they typically do, meaning they're going to have to delay that again. And that's going to be a short season. And yep. it's going to take a really long time to get things back to where they were. So that's something we're going to have to deal with. And unfortunately, for baseball, and I would argue even more for baseball trainers, that's something they're going to have to keep a real eye on, unfortunately. So, you know, what a really high note we've
1: ended this episode. <laughs> have any final it's been thoughts? negative all day. Yeah, It's been and negative all day. 100? Yeah. I mean, just uh, you make a great point about the broader scope in general. We're, you know, this, uh, these injuries can be reflected on the country as a whole, just returning to normal. And that, that might be a little bit further off than we think. I think you put that perfectly. Um, you know, we just got to hope that uh, these trainers take that into mind. Um, they keep these guys healthy. and if, And to be honest, if you need to go to the IL in May in order to be healthy in August, September, and October – I'll take that. And I I think any baseball fan in general would take that. So maybe a little bit of optimism to end what seems like a very negative show, but it's always, I've always enjoyed uh, sitting down and talking with you, Dylan. Great to be here. It's
0: it's a, it's a great pleasure of mine always to get the chance to talk to you.
1: So on that note, we're just about going to wrap things up here on this episode
0: of nosebleeds go and watch a lot of baseball this week. The Yankees have Texas and then they got the white Sox. The Mets, on the other hand, will have Atlanta and then Miami. And there's a whole lot of baseball outside of the New York area (laughs) watching as well. So make sure you catch a lot of baseball this week wherever you can. For Sam Davis, my name is Dylan Balsamo. This has been Nosebleeds, a production of WFUV Sports. See you next time.